0: coffee <laughs> okay. hello and welcome to episode three of four points in my name is tom robertshaw with me is nick jones and red davis nick and i started an e-commerce agency together and red is an ios developer Four Points In is our new podcast, which basically gives us an excuse to get together, have a pint and have a chat about whatever we found interesting this week week in technology, politics and general philosophies. This week we're talking about universal basic income, which any of you that that know me know that I've kind of read up and and written around this topic before. So we talk about a a new article, a new perspective on that. We talk about etiquette again, we're covering some instant messenger and project management tools and how how to best manage those and our, our attention. And those, are the, those are the main topics this week. We do have a, a new segment for you. We are reviewing a beer this week, and so it's something we're going to look to do going forward as well, given, given that's what Four Points In is all about. So, with that said, let's dive right into episode three. Hi, I'm Nick. Hi, I'm Red.
1: Nice, well done. <laughs> I'm Tom. GG. All right, so we're doing a new thing. We're reviewing beers. This one's called Toast. Toast, brewed with bread. Um... Yeah, is it by? I, I was just <laughs> looking for that. Like it, it seems to be its own brewery, ToastAle.com. Um, London? Uh, apparently 44% of bread baked in the UK is wasted, so they just turn it into beer. Bread shouldn't be wasted, and neither should you. Very good. Oh, very good one. Good. good one. I'd be proud of that. If I'm coming on that idea. Top props to the marketing team there. All right. What were we saying on the nose? <laughs> kind of citrusy. Citrusy tones. Let me tell you what we Citrusy. Eh? How do you get that? I'm not very. Really, I'm not very really good at this. Like, not very really good at describing smells. How smells good or bad? I can read the label, and that might help.
0: <sighs> when I smell it, I see amber colors. It does says. It does say a uh, hint of caramel and citrus. Caramel amber? That actually tastes quite
1: nice. Very, very soft. What kind of uh, alcohol percentage are we talking about here? Just five percent. five. It's a dangerous five, you wouldn't realise that was five. Yeah, it's pretty easy drinking. No, that's alright. I could drink a couple of pints of that.
0: Would have again. Seven out of ten.
1: Seven. Seven. That's a strong one. That's a strong, un- like, that's a strong th- open. Yeah. So for context then, where would you put punk IPA? On that ten like scale? That, like, two.
0: like a two. a wow, two. Right. Yeah, I'm not a fan So, so oh, that's an interesting rating scale, so you you don't have any respect for it at all, right. regardless of the depth, just because you don't like it. <laughs> no respect. No respect. No respect. What, about, <laughs> what about the the bud that we started on in episodes one and two? Bud can have a three. Oh. Really? <laughs> wow. Okay, that's interesting. What about a Sierra Nevada? Um, if you're in the mood for it, that could have a seven as well. Oh Wow,
1: this is so subjective. <laughs> that's strong So, do you know beers that are uh, like eight, nine, and ten at the moment?
0: Um, yeah, I did really like the Bristol beer. You know the one, the chemistry thing. Yeah. Um, I'll bring that next, next time. I can't remember what it's called either.
1: What about um, cloud? Oh, cloud water. Cloud water. Oh, that's like. Have you tried that? I've not heard of that one, dude. That's an eight nine. That local that is, one. That is a nine. Is what? Is it another local one?
0: Uh, no idea. I want to say Manchester. I had a. They had a special edition one, which they did with a barbecue company, and it basically tasted like. Yeah, it's like
1: really smoky. I've yeah. never had a beer that tasted like a whiskey before. Innocent and Gun comes P- close. P- P-T sort of. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was super weird. It's like you'd swallow it and you'd breathe out through your nose, <laughs> and it would just be smoky. That sounds delightful.
0: Yeah, it was I've a bit I've just old. been drinking boring old Doombar from St Austell. Yeah. That's, that's a that's solid a five. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. solid five. Yeah. Fuff. Middle of the road. Yeah.
1: Solid five. Or a commercial beer <laughs> thing with them um, cloud water uh, is this four pound a can yeah can't be asked with that can't go tinnies down the park without can you well, that's gonna be yeah. an expensive trip <laughs> yeah. cool i like that segment we should do that every week okay sounds good
0: nice let's get into this shit then yeah what are we talking about this week you want to start uh easy or do we go straight in with the universal basic income <laughs> You know, solve that one first and then move on to the easier yeah. ones. Let's start that one while we're low the way we've only just started the beer. Oh yeah, that's probably wise. So this is a topic that we've talked about a fair few times and it's one that we share articles on whenever one of us comes across it. Um I think like we're all interested in it for the potential need for it with the increase in speed and technology um like improvement and, and the way it can replace um jobs. Uh, so I think that's that's why we're interested in it and then from the society point of view whether or not we, how do we support those that are replaced they may need retraining and that takes time uh, so what do we what do we do about it and so I'm um, not looking to fully summarize it here but the most recent article was about how people only get things from the government when the government need need them. And so historically it's been through wars and they would um, support families and like the pension was introduced in order to support uh, families after their husbands passed away in in battle, but also just kind of to, to look after them so that they could be a useful force for kind of society. And so a point that I hadn't read before on universal basic income in terms of one of the risks of it is if you have some people that um, do choose to just live on what what they what they are given, then those people become less important to to the government and go. The people that are creating money to pay for universal basic income become more important, uh, which changes the landscape somewhat and then gives power to those that are useful to the government and those that aren't can get ignored. And so it doesn't it you know moves away from a somewhat level playing field. Um, so I thought it was an interesting point uh, what I would not say I'm 100% convinced on UBI I think it's very interesting That's why I keep reading about it Because I do think we'll need to find ways of dealing with that sort of situation Should it come I think I pro- I think it's probably being overestimated How quickly that, that will hap- happen I don't think that's something we're really going to face It's just going to be a gradual thing um, um, But it's an interesting like, alternative point, point of view That I, I definitely can, can see being a problem and just wondered
1: what what you guys thought about it. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because it made me. Um, so yeah, the the argument was that when when UBI gets implemented, the the length of time that it stays around is is very much dependent on how useful everyone becomes in this new kind of like society and economy. Right. It had me thinking because it had the payers versus non payers, and the payers mm-hmm. being the people that pay for the UBI, and the non payers yeah. the ones that just kind of claim if you like to use a loaded term from um the current situation but yeah it made me consider how i would think about someone that just lived off the ubi and then how the government would think about it because the only real way that article is considering someone as being a benefit to the economy is if they're paying money into the system yeah when in reality that's probably
0: not true which is one of the Problems we have right now is where there's so much kind of, you know, in the support industry and the services industry or looking after people. Yeah. Yeah. That is not, doesn't figure in like GDP and it doesn't figure in our like capitalist world as being valuable. And the only reason why, you know, the government doesn't have to
1: pay for the cost of looking after a grandmother because someone's already doing that for free. And that's not kind of listed on the balance sheet, if you like, of, of the economy and, you know, what it costs versus what it does, what it, would cost for the government to do it. Yeah, there's no bias. It had me thinking about that. And then like to apply it to our own industries, it would be, you know, what would we do if we only had to work, say had to, if we only wanted to work three days a week, you know, to pay for the nice holidays or whatever. I mean, it's another conversation as to what level UBI would be in terms of maintaining a lifestyle, but, um, what would we do in our spare time? And it's like, open source is the obvious one. Um, and getting away from the idea that we're just working for a single company to advance that company so that we can get more money, and instead, perhaps there'd be like, you know, nationwide open source initiatives to you know, govern the UK. Like, maybe people will start working on that as a, as a charitable, um, yeah. Yeah. thing, like council software, like,
0: you know, making more efficient for. It's easy for people to move between roles as well, yeah. right? Like, not move like an entire Charity. job, but they can, they can work on a project for a bit and get experience on that. And yeah. it's only, I think for us, we are all quite you know, proactive in doing those sort of things. Um, and it is difficult when there's, you know, there's a wide range of people, um, whether or not they're, when you, Quote unquote productive in terms of they would do code. And there'd be plenty of developers that, you know, will, will create something for out of their own enjoyment because they've got UBI, but it might not necessarily be, uh, the best written code because they are looking to just, you know, they write it because they will probably write the most technical thing they can and get enjoyment out of it. It won't necessarily yeah. be the best solution if, if you have the goals of being something that's readable by everyone and easily maintainable. Yeah. Um, So that's not necessarily you get that's that's a general open source like problem anyway. Also the kind of projects that I work on in
1: my spare time will be the ones that I think I can make money out of. Yeah. And you know project selection based on its like economic value to me Mm -hmm. isn't very good if you're taking like the view of advancing this sounds a bit pretentious, but advancing (laughs) society as a whole. Like who gives a fuck if SSL certificates expire? You know, as an example, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's not that important at all, uh, in the grand scheme of things. I do, because
0: I had the problem this week, not to move on to TrackSL for the next five <laughs> minutes, but had a. Four points in sponsored by TrackSSL. <laughs> yeah. Um, where a client, uh, so, you know, we're monitor- monitoring their site, mm-hmm. fine, but there's some, Poor code that made some API request and didn't cope with the fact that that API, that SSL certificate might expire um, for some translation software, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, so the the luckily it was only the admin area, but the admin area broke, and yeah. it couldn't be fixed because of an SSL certificate expired, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. To be fair, when I write API clients, I don't consider
1: an SSL having expired. <laughs> was it was just a general like. But general. It, it was their software. It was their API client, so like I them more to blame for letting it expire, in my opinion. But oh yeah, it's
0: just I had to deal with it. Yeah, it <laughs> did you try and sell them track SSL? I did. No, no. I did. You <laughs> you did? Yeah, <laughs> I did.
1: I did. Did you get a response? Uh, I
0: I asked the PM to to ask them, but that's brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> good luck. But I think, going back to the the UBI, I think one thing that's good from a uh, liberal sort of happiness point of view is what UBI would bring is because even if someone is not creating a lot of value, I think there's a lot of happiness to become from pursuing interests and... Like taking on a challenge and that might be a small hobby and that might be a big hobby. It may be looking after someone or it may be from our perspective, creating a code or technology solution for something. And I think even if that doesn't have a lot of value to a lot of people, you know, something that does should be rewarded, but something that doesn't still has like a non-financial like value. It has you know, something that maybe that just our system hasn't caught up, up with yet. So if I, you know, I really want to write a blog post and you know, it's not gonna change the world, but if I then don't have enough time to, to do it, I like feel like mm. crap because I you know something I really want to spend time to, but I'm either too busy or you know, I, or I want to rest. So I think there's I think there's some like intangible um benefits from giving people space to follow their dreams, essentially. <laughs>
1: I agree. The problem with that is that like the happiness stuff isn't very <clears throat> quantitative. No. Like you can't say, Oh look, the is happiness level has increased by 20% this year. Yeah. Well, not very easily, anyway.
0: Definitely hasn't, I'll no, tell you that much. <laughs> hasn't.
1: But, like, I wonder what knock-on effects that would have for productivity and all the, air quotes,
0: important uh, yeah. numbers. I think it's going to be a very slow process because this, like, started, because we are talking about the people that then end up having power. And I think it's the, how quickly can our society or the UK or, like, world society move to to value other things that isn't all like, I, I can see you, certainly the benefits of, of capitalism and that's that's fine um, but it's recognizing all what other models are out there we're still like that's still fairly new um, how do we transition into something that that values other kinds of, mm-hmm. of work yeah my did you fund an experiment with this yes there's a Charity that does work, and I forget which country it's in. Yeah. I think it may be Nigeria, but I can't remember. Um, and it's experimenting with population of around two thousand under like a few villages. Sorry,
1: I'm laughing because you only like I only see Nigeria on the internet when it's like you get an email from a Nigerian <laughs> prince. I, yes, I wonder. I, just, I wonder if you've been conned. He <laughs> <I> just,
0: <laughs> just took all my money and told me to pay <laughs> Yeah. Um, Sorry, sorry to interrupt. But it was, it's meant to be, because there's not much in the way of um, scientific experiments when it comes to um, essentially giving handouts. Um, And so they are a charity based around, yeah, trying to do charitable efforts with some um, uh, tracking in it. So they are planning on giving um, a certain um, amount of people uh, enough money to, to, live on and mm-hmm. um, trying to do it for quite a long period as well. I think they were, they had an aim to do it for a, at least 20 years. So it was wow. um, a long term effort uh, to see whether or not it made a difference. And like early signs showed that people that were um, paid just in, in cash. And that's the important aspect. It's not about con- controlling what they are and aren't allowed to spend money on. Um, yeah. It's about trusting people um, and seeing what happens. And yeah, sure. Some people well will um, use it unwisely um, but, you know, those people will probably have used something else unwisely um, and found a way to do so. Um, but, yeah, early signs show that if they were were given cash, um, quite a lot of them would then be able to use that because one of the, the – Difficulties of improving your lifestyle or, you know, creating businesses for those that want to is that, you know, having capital in order to be able to do that. So the cash meant that, you know, they had enough to, to cover the daily lives and then, um, they could, they could create some, they could more easily create some spare to be able to invest in their own businesses. Um, and that's what they, they saw that was happening and it wasn't being abused, um, anywhere near as Mm -hmm. much as, as it being a problem. I I think applying UBI to an economy like the UK,
1: is is quite difficult but if you apply it to a much poorer economy then the whole poor people make poor decisions things kicks in where it's like you know example i'm growing i'm a fisherman Um, i catch 10 fish today um i need to sell those fish today regardless of whether that's a good thing for me or a bad thing like Mm -hmm. what if i could you know invest in this awful example, cooler I box. That was funny where you were gonna go. Cooler this. box. Maybe fish sell better on Saturdays. So what if I could store up my fish for the week? Yeah. Again, fish probably not a good example, but it's. Uh, <laughs> You know, It's something they could do to have a net benefit at the end yeah. of the day um, instead of
0: forcing silly decisions. Yeah. Just they, companies. Companies, um, I think the area they were looking to was a simpler society than what we have now and um, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't something it was going to be easy to get it was simply on a completely different scale to an entire country doing it and then you've got to manage your borders because if one place does it and another place doesn't it gets very difficult. You've yeah. got to have ways of um, earning being on the program, whether that's being in a country for a certain length of time or um, being born there, I don't don't know. So, yeah, it's a, a long way off being actually done, as far as I can yeah. tell. So we'll probably have to find other ways of combating it, if, which is probably just like an enhanced job seekers allowance. So if you've been put out by um, uh, technology and there's some way of being able to identify that, then giving them um, some benefits that way is probably solution that our, our kind of governments would would go for, if anything, in the short yeah. term, just because it's what we're used to, um, and it's not so you know, drastic. Yeah. But yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Interesting. Um. It's
1: like this. Yeah. It's good. Segways are hard. <laughs> we are- Have hard. you ever driven one? And <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I really want to try. I have. It's pretty good, actually. Is it hard? No. How do you break? Just lean back. Yeah. But what if you're? I mean, I fall over a lot. And what if you just don't have the balance for it? So you just not It doesn't matter. A yeah, you literally.
0: I'd say you just got to have trust in the machine. Okay. <laughs> because you do. You are like leaning forward, and you're basically like this. Yeah. Um. Which yeah, when you first get on, it's a bit scary. Because Also, yeah, even leaning back, yeah, and um, you're just like, oh, fuck, I'm gonna just fall off it, but yeah, it,
1: it does its magic. Why did you ride one? Um, Prague, actually. Prague, cool, okay, yeah, it's pretty good. Interesting, I've never seen one in Bath, though, so no, no a business I think idea. Like, <laughs> I don't think I do great on the coupled streets.
0: No. <laughs> I've seen, <laughs> do, 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 do. I've seen <laughs> off road ones, though, they had a course, like Some really huge chunky tires.
1: That said, didn't. Bernard Matthews of Turkey fame <laughs> killed himself on oh, an off-road Segway. <laughs> I think you're right. What? He went uh, off a cliff, then. Yeah, I think he did. Say cliff. I think he fell off into a stream. Wow, I did not
0: know. That.
1: Yeah, brutal.
0: Yeah, savage. Yeah. If you seen uh, um, Jack Whitehall, like the comedian, on, and he's got a new thing on Netflix where he travels Thailand and areas with his dad. I'm sure in that. one of those they're they're doing essentially like. It's, a Rudimentary, um, uh, oh, I forgot what they're called now. That's, they're like go-karts and, um, buggies that go around, but they built them out of hoverboards. Yeah. And so actually, they've kind of managed to do it. So the hoverboard is at the back, and then you, like, yeah, you must have some sort of control. Um, and it's, yeah, got a wheel at the front as well to back- balance it, and you can then, yeah, steer. Um, but they've managed to build something like contraption, contraption out of the hoverboards. Oh,
1: okay. to, uh, know,
0: <laughs> that so. sounds a lot of fun though. Yeah. <laughs> One of the interesting blog posts I saw over the last uh, couple of weeks was, um, was something that Elon Musk, Musk had committed to doing in Puerto Rico to try and help them, uh, get back up, up and running was, as far as I can tell, like donating, um, the solar, a solar field and battery packs for, for hospital, hospitals there so they could get electricity, which seemed like, yeah, just going from, uh, already an amazing guy too, Yeah, I think, yeah. I think I'm falling in love. So
1: <laughs> something related to this was an article I read this week as well about how the you know, the richer again richer, you know, that classic stuff, the point one percent written just to annoy the other people. Yeah, yeah. The 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 money's just multiplying. Um and there's there seems to be genuine fear amongst them that people are getting pretty pissed off with this. Yeah. Um and there's gonna be some kind of like uprising, yeah. if you like. To make it dramatic um, in in the near future, and apparently it happened happened previously in in America, um, where uh, like what are the names? Rockefellers, yeah. like one of that, one of those families, yeah, um, and the J P Morgans and stuff got um, super rich, and then what ended up happening was a president was elected that just taxed the shit out of them and kind of restored the balance a bit. Yeah,
0: that one, It was kind of. I read that article and found that they they did still kind of not say the whole story where yeah that his um he, had, he owned the railroads and then they broke up his oil company but yeah. then he ended up owning portion of like many different oil companies and they ended up in the long term having owning more than oh, right, yeah, yeah. so it's like well that didn't quite work but well, i found i found the gist of the article interesting
1: in that yeah. um lots of billionaires are turning to philanthropy and stuff to improve especially improve pr it, yeah, and improve their their, their image. Mm-hmm. And the cynic in me tell is saying that Elon Musk is doing this too, which I don't actually think is necessarily a bad thing. Like I, I think it's good that people like Bill Gates, you know, has decided that his he's gonna yeah, eradicate malaria. You know, like that's his that's his thing. And I do wonder if we need rich people in the world
0: with enough money and you know, like a conscience yeah. to I think actually Richard progress. On Branson those things. says something similar in terms of like not hating the rich people and it's just kind of regardless of what system you would like this is a system we have so your best bet if you want to change something is to get rich with the current system and then you will have more power and more ability to make the change you want you want to be mm-hmm. in the world which is very much like a you know motivational speech uh, their speech but you know it motivated me so yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. um so yeah i mean he's, he's another one i'm sure he's on the billionaire list isn't he so yeah, yeah. yes um, but yeah so I'm not sure what an uprising would, would look like um, no tax yeah. reform would be a nice one I don't think the the people would rise up against the billionaires I think the people would rise up against the government yeah. because they would like, they would find the things that the government had done or blame the government for not like curtailing it or for yeah. not closing the loopholes and Which things would, like that well, I've not seen an uprising but you definitely get the feel people are pissed off when they hear stories about yeah. like Amazon not paying their taxes or whatever like Yes. And then the the HMRC, the uh, UK like tax revenue service thing, using AWS, using a- AWS instead of the UK <laughs> hosting company. So yeah, yeah. Like, oh. yeah, yeah. And then either, even then, when then they come to some sort of agreement in in quotation marks of like where they'll just take a small percentage of what they actually owed and just be like, yeah, it's fine, yeah, and move on. But that definitely pisses people off. <laughs> it does, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what you do about it. it I don't think it. I don't think it pisses people off enough. And I think that's the interesting thing about the political landscape is even if you know, in in our world of the conservatives who you know, like looking after people that are are rich and they will like lean towards that side, even people that are poor will not will still vote for them because they're voting for the hope they're like basing they're basing their vote on the hope that they will be rich or they they plan to be, and so. They want to protect that, you know, protect mm-hmm. what they have now and they are you know, have their their scheme, whatever everyone has got a plan for how they're <laughs> gonna make their lives better. And so if they if they truly believe that one day they will be richer, they will they will vote for the ideologies that, that will protect that. Uh, rightly or wrongly. Yeah. What a
1: strange world. <laughs> I got again one follower our podcast release last. Oh yeah, last week. Yeah, nice. I think I probably lost a few. <laughs> just, kidding, just kidding, How do you know? How do you know it came from the um, podcast? <laughs>
0: it was when he does Magento, so. Oh right, good okay. Like yeah, I generally not don't nice. just inherit Magento followers. No, you yeah. don't.
1: Yeah. Say hello. S- spreading.
0: Uh,
1: no, I didn't say hello. No. Oh, it's pretty rude. Do you say hello to Free? Yeah, every no. single <laughs> one? No, I don't. No, I don't. I barely use Twitter as it is.
0: <laughs> you send them a private DM. Yeah. Thank you for your follow. Well, <laughs> yeah. We talked about uh, productivity a couple of weeks ago. Um, our favourite uh, company, Basecamp, was having another article about some of the things that they find unproductive. And the latest one was you know, the struggles with instant messaging apps like Slack. And I know that they, obviously, you know, Basecamp are very much. Against that, but as far, as far as I understand, they use it to a certain degree, and they just have rules around it. Um, but one of the things they were picking up on was sending messages to people and sending messages that only just said hi or hello, um, at, and instead of doing that and just grabbing someone's attention, then they say hi, and then you know you've gone away, and then you you come back to actually ask a question is to make sure that when you you, know, you do say hello to someone, and you because you're going to say something, is to put it all in one message, which. So essentially I actually write an email. That's <laughs> yeah. um, something that I, I think I do anyway, but because I'm, I think I'm incredibly sensitive to interruptions and it's something that I've been thinking, thinking about for a while. So yeah, I don't, don't do that and I hate doing that. I'm probably someone that doesn't actually like sweeten people up any, anymore when it comes to introducing something that I want them to do. I just come out and say it. So there's not that just kind of fear of like, Oh, what does he want? Yeah. But yeah, just another one of those things in terms of trying to, Minimize the you know, interruptions and wastage of time. Yeah. So what is what is a ping? You use Basecamp, don't you? Yeah. Um <laughs> what is I don't actually hundred percent sure. So they have campfire built into yeah. um base I believe. Yeah. I mostly use the to do lists and the like the documents and stuff. Uh the pings. I think you can set up pings for like weekly things, so you'd be like, Oh, has your week been? And then, right. Like sort of a bit like a sort of stand up i guess but i didn't know if they were more talking about yeah their use sort of their internal campfire or inside base camp
1: i don't even start my messages with a hey or hi anymore do you <laughs> yeah no i'll just jump straight into it yeah. even if not i haven't spoken to like the person for a while
0: no i think we're just rude maybe that's what it is but <laughs> uh, is it rude i, don't yeah, I guess it is I think it's different when most of our employees are in the office as well. It's not yeah. such a bad bad thing because um, you probably already had like a conversation with them or you've said said hello. And yeah. there's this thing if you don't have to say hi every time you send a message. Whereas remote workers probably have a bit more of a challenge there. Yeah. So if you you can't you know you can also see people um, when mm. you're messaging them for the most part. True. Yeah, definitely. It's um it's happened so many times to me where I've had received a like, a hey or something and you're just like. Uh, now I've got to go. Yeah, and this is a new thing from Slack. I used to have that on Skype sort of 10 years ago with, with like, my boss. And it's just a case of, yeah, you're then, you know, your boss has messaged you saying, like, hi. And you're like, oh well, okay, now I've got to wait until he's recognized and acknowledged my response so I actually get what, what mm. the problem is. And yeah, and you just sit there. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you've done your response. Your boss that. is typing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or even there's been cases that the other one is if you're remote, then you receive a message basically being... Uh, are you free for a call? And so you reply, yes. And then, so you obviously stop what you're doing and you just then waiting for the call. And then 15 minutes goes past and you're just like, what oh, the fuck, where's this? where's this call going from? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I'm not sure that what that. the etiquette is around that because I, I struggle with that when I get annoyed when people call when they haven't planned it in. I think it's okay if you have agreed it. And hmm. then when you are just going kind of organizing a call with someone, like I said, even when I log onto the Skype with someone, I, when we know that we're having a call at 3 p three p.m., we'll still see that we're both online, say hi, do the swapping hi, say, are you ready? And then confirm on the other side. And then you will call. Yeah. yeah. When maybe we should actually just call. Yeah, if We know the time. They'll so either, they're like they're platform, either, right? they're either yeah. answer or they'll hang up and send a yeah. message away why. they give me five minutes. Yeah. True. Um, and yes, yeah, it's, it's strange how because we can, organize ourselves a little bit more having that kind of acknowledgement like messages passed back and forth may not be the most like productive way of doing yeah. it and you know even with family and calling at the weekend like we'll we'll text in advance to say like Are you, you know free now rather than just phoning and finding out like, yeah let's you know, just live life on the edge <laughs> <True>. <laughs> <laughs> i hate getting phone calls me too yeah. i hate it so much i think that's a i think we're still millennials right i think that's a millennial thing. Yeah, maybe. Um, only when I spent more time, uh, and I did a couple of trips to, to Jordan, they used, they phoned all the time. Yeah. They had their, you know, they had WhatsApp and that was used a lot, but they used their voice a lot more than we do over here in the UK. It's the equivalent of walking up to someone working at their desk, rolling their chair away
1: from their desk and turning them to face you though, isn't it? Like it's so. Oh well, yeah, and then ask, are you free? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so, so intrusive. And it gives like no regard for how busy the other person
0: is, yeah, and that's that was my standpoint and then so then I moved to messages, and then messages is like it's not necessarily better, like it's not as much of an interruption, but that interruption can go on for an hour rather than ten minutes, yeah. so you've got that like awkward pauses and back and forth, and then you don't know, actually get anything yeah. like discussed, and so it's very it's, true it's less. It's less intrusive in one manner, but it does draw things out, mm-hmm. um, whereas actually, yeah, I can then see the benefit of actually having a call, would have just solved it in 10 minutes and then I would have been able to carry on. Yeah. So, yeah, neither of them are solutions. I'm not suggesting calls are better, unless I preferred prefer messages, mm-hmm. but there's um, yeah. a lot can be done with those those pings as well.
1: The, um, I can't remember the book, what we spoke about last time,
0: Pff, don't remember. Cool. It's got, like, lamp... Uh, deep work deep work yeah Cal Newport yeah there's a good uh... <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for those listening we had a nice little arm signal there what a lamp he talks about there's a section about low friction for the person requesting the things mm-hmm. whether it's for me it's easy to be like oh can you answer this question for me but then you don't think about what actually that takes for the other person on the other end because yeah some things are going to require some research, so that person could be researching for like fifteen minutes or whatever where they go and find because they probably don't know off the top of their head, but they might have done something in that sort of area. I guess in terms of programming, it might be some sort of SDK or something that you haven't touched for a yeah. long time. So you, know, you know, go go and do research where right, you've got to sort of think to yourself first, and then like, could I just go and do the research myself without having to? Because yeah. you think. How you because see it? Is, it's a, because it's a quick question, it'll come with a quick answer. Yeah. Quick question is one that uh, that phrase is one that gets an eye roll in the office. Yeah. It's just because it's, yeah. Okay. I hear oh, yeah. that. Yeah. It's quick to quick to ask, but that means <laughs> nothing when it comes yeah. to how long I need to. Yeah. The thought is yeah, basically all on you you say. Like, well, I could go and research myself, but that could take me fifteen minutes. Yeah. So I'm just going to ask this person what I knew, like, might have an idea. Like, yeah. And then the whole all the pressure is put on that one person to then go and do the research for you and come back. For you and then and give you the answers. Yeah. So And that, that's something that I've done in the office when you know, I do less coding now. But when I get back into coding, I can then feel, especially when there's people around, like physically in the office, I feel like I need to just a humanity thing of like engaging with other people. And so if I come across a problem and I spent like a couple of minutes on it, I might ask someone else. When that's an interruption, and actually, if I spent another five minutes on it, I would have got past the problem and just kind of got in the flow of you know problem fix problem fix yeah yeah. Um, so it's there, yeah. You know, maybe like realizing you can do more on more on your own, um, and yeah, but yeah, it's still break to have a team. Yeah, some things you can't get past. I get that quite a lot, and I've noticed when people ask for help, and I say like,
1: "Yeah, sure, give me like ten, fifteen minutes." Sometimes that ten and fifteen minutes will roll past, and I'll go back to them and ask them if they still need help, and they don't because yeah, they've figured it exactly, out exactly. Yeah, and what we will gradually figure out yeah. is that we don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good, <That's>... go, man <laughs> three days a week. <laughs>
0: That's why I like the whole idea of sort of async communication stuff because you have to, you don't know when you're going to get a response potentially. So yeah, maybe if it's urgent, then a phone call is the next like sort of level yeah. of thing. But most of the time it's not urgent. And you could be like, well, I could send an email now. I don't know when I'll get a response. Or I just go and research myself and move on with the project I'm working on. But yeah, things like instant chat and stuff. Yeah, and I, I have beef with instant chat because people—it's been positioned as you know a great way of getting in touch with people quickly, but also that it's asynchronous; you don't have to respond straight away, which just isn't how human beings work. I mean, maybe some yeah. people will react differently, but. I find it very difficult if I see that there is a message, like I'm going to read it, or it's very difficult to... Yeah. Even though with Slack, if you turn most of the notifications off, like you know the, the room will be white instead of grey. And like, I, you know, I'm human, so I have a thirst for knowledge, and I will <laughs> click that and find out yeah. what's going on. Well, yeah, the thing with chat is it's always open, you know? Mm. Where with email, generally, you... They... Shut it off, and then you go and open it whenever you yeah want to go and check it. Which is, is the big difference. Because you want to be there for if, if you really really needed, but that means you're there for even when you're not needed, um, mm-hmm. and it's a drain of attention there. And I have tried to move a bit more towards email uh, again, even just in and around the office when there's something I don't I don't need. Yeah, because I, um, it's easy for me. It's the same for me in terms of sending message by email, sending message by Slack. But I know I don't need them to read it now. I need an answer like probably like by the end of the week, but that's it. I don't need yeah. to read it today. And so going back to email a little bit, to try and try and remove that. So if you started a new agency tomorrow, would you still use Slack? Hmm. That's an interesting question. I would be tempted. I think there's partly a culture thing where people like using instant messenger and they like, there, there is benefits of sharing links between people for like just camaraderie. Um, and yeah, it's, it is a practical solution. Um, I don't know how I would... If I was to immediately have it, I don't know what rules I would set out. I think it'd be an interesting experiment to start from scratch from email and then see which what problems arise from email Mm. and what things... um, I think I would... I would choose some services a bit more interesting. I probably would experiment. I've not used Basecamp as an agency I'd start, probably. I'd start with this. Okay. And I think I would go that route to, um, because I, I think they're coming from the right perspective and mm-hmm. asking the right questions. At mm-hmm. least, whereas I have not seen anything from Slack that, that shows that they really care about this. Um, and it's it's just become one of those cool things to use. I get frustrated. Uh, I think I mentioned on Twitter, but um, frustrated at seeing sort of web communities uh, grow and uh, use a Slack group for in communicating, and so I had was part of an agency network, and they used they migrated from a LinkedIn group because their LinkedIn changed, and that was fine. They needed to move, find something else, but then they moved to Slack. So I don't want to be logged in all the time to see this. I just want to get like one email, or two emails a week. What are the conversations that people had, and what are the threads, and I can jump in on thread on a thread yeah. if I have something you know that I think is useful to add, rather than that fear of like, oh, if I miss out, I might miss on a referral. If I'm not on you know that the conversation there and then. Um, and there's no, you know, it doesn't maintain a history. It's not searchable over the longer period because of the free plan is only mean, ten thousand messages. Yeah. Uh, and I saw that again this week where I get a really interesting new newsletter. I think it's CTO Craft, and they've created a new uh, community uh, to have discussions rather than just be a newsletter, which is great. And I'd, I'd like to kind of experiment with uh, being involved in the discussions there and see what happens. But yeah, they started with, with Slack, and yeah, no, no beef against against them it's just an, another one that. I wish that forums were more popular than, yeah. than, you know, than they are right now. They've sort of fallen out of fashion. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying just a forum thread is the best ever, but I think there's something to be said from, from that. And I, I hope that we, you know, get some experience from using discourse or something like that and, and creating a community around that, that is, you know, it has you know, threads of knowledge that is searchable. It's something you can point people towards later. Slack is, is just useless
1: yeah and like responding to a forum post is far more considered than responding to an IM Mm -hmm. I think that's a good thing yeah
0: because if if, if, if there's a slightly higher barrier to entry I think there is there is a balance between you want to encourage people to contribute and so maybe a forum post is a bit like scary for some that's why there's so many lurkers on Reddit and things Um, whereas Slack if you decide you're going to be in it then there's still like lurkers in the community I guess but it's a lot easier just to kind of contribute a line it doesn't every post isn't read um you know and it has to have immediate value, but I think that's yeah. also a bad thing that you, know, you can have a lot of crap in in, in Slack just because you know, a message is so yeah. free. Yeah. Also, like it's a lot easier to be rude in Slack because
1: you know the emotional response means you just smash something in the keyboard, hit <laughs> enter, yeah. and it's done. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, I feel like a forum is you know you'll write it, you'll read it, make sure there's no spelling mistakes, and then you have to have to submit. And I feel like that would that would stop yeah. me from being a dick sometimes. <laughs> Not that I think I'm always. No, I think a you're going to need more help than that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I like the direct forums, and there's forums built into Basecamp, right? Message boards. Yep. Um,
0: so that, yeah, yeah be, I think that's the road I go. I don't. I think I don't think I'm confident enough that I wouldn't use an IM tool at all. Um, yeah. One client I've been working with, we've been using. Uh, Facebook Workplace. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, which is actually, I would say it's actually working really well. The only thing I hate is it's got the classic Facebook reorganization of the timeline thing, so nothing's in, like, chronological order. Yeah. So I have found that I've been missing things, even if I'm just, I'll just, like, log in and be like, okay, there's something yeah. But it's like, this is what we think you might like. And I'm like, no, I just want to know what's, like, happened in the last couple yeah. of days. Um, that's the you only know, one time where I've just been like, this is a bit shit. But everything else of it is good and also has the extra because Facebook chat inside. So you do have the instant messenger stuff. Mm. It's a bit like Basecamp in that instance where you have a mixture of the two. So yeah, it's pretty good. But I'd say, yeah, Basecamp is still like I think I prefer Basecamp better. But yeah. Yeah. It's just like in our in our daily lives of running a web development business. Pretty much the only scenario where we really need to get hold of someone now or within the next 15 minutes is if the site is down. Other yeah. than that, there is really no need to get that level of yeah. commitment from them. Yeah. yeah, and when it's that instance, that's when you like that's when a phone call is like, yeah, that's yeah. When that's, it feels it's okay company, at least. Like, that's when you just like that's an SMS or like a call, yeah. yeah. And then there's systems to support that so that yeah. it detects that and unless you know and does do that call, and we yeah, yeah. And we use that as well. And so, yeah, for the most part, um. Even though project managers might disagree. <laughs> they <laughs> yeah. probably don't need to know right now. Yeah. So, so yeah, we'll see how we, we go. And I'm sure yeah, there's plenty of people that are coming around to that idea now. It's just, you know, Slack and IM is still cool. Um, but hopefully they'll, we'll, we'll gradually move and, and find a slightly better balance. Plus one. Yeah, definitely. There's the other company, um, Twist. Is it a Twist? Which is kind of similar. It's like, I guess, kind of like forum software in a way um, where it's more long form where people create, yeah, you have like rooms and then you can create threads in there and then people go and like chat around that. Um. The cool thing about
1: that is the notification settings are really tailored towards not disturbing you at all. Yeah. So, you know, there's no option. I don't think there is an option to be immediately notified, for example, no. like daily digest once a day or, yeah. you know, some other stuff, but... Yeah, that was that was all right.
0: Yeah, and again, basically is the same. It was, just, I think, every day I get an email with, like, a summary of what's happened yeah. in that sort of, in that Yeah, even, even with email, I want to kind of experiment. I think I had some problems with it, but I know they've released a new version, which is the uh, Inbox Pause by Boomerang. Uh, so oh, it's one yeah. of their Chrome yeah. extensions that, you know, even if you check your email, it's kind of going back to it if you would actually use, I used to still use Gmail, like the mm-hmm. web app. So, you know, it going back to having a actual desktop app and it only refreshing once an hour um, mm. and so you can pause it or schedule it okay. and I'd kind of like to push towards towards that again okay. admittedly I haven't actually got around mm. to, to doing that um, but otherwise it's too easy just to you know, for me as well be in the role that I'm in um, to regularly check my email whereas it would be far better to just to ignore things and deal with them when on, on my calendar rather than somebody else's yeah, yeah. I need to urinate A. <laughs> <laughs> classic thanks very much for that one Red the downsides of uh, recording a podcast while you're drinking some beer but yes that was episode 3 of 4 Points In thanks very much for tuning in Uh, hopefully we'll see you in a week's time have a good one